We find ourselves today reading from a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Rome. Paul's intent was to encourage and to motivate. So hear these words as people who also need encouragement and motivation in the time we're living in today. It's the, thir- it's the 13th chapter, the 8th verse through the 14th verse. Hear these words. Let no debt remain outstanding except for the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet. And whatever other commandments there might be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of sinful nature. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of your most precious son, Jesus Christ. Amen. I just need to know something. And I want you to be honest with me. How many of you are snoozers? You know what a snoozer is? The alarm goes off and you snooze. I know some of you get up long before the sun gets up. But how many of you are snoozers? I mean, let's come on. We're good. I'm a snoozer. I'm a one snoozer. How many of you are two snoozers? How many of you are three snoozers? Does anybody snooze more than three? a boy, Luke. Ben, and we're proud of you. Bobby, Bobby just hits it off on the floor. He doesn't care, right? We're all, you know, Paul's saying to his church, quit being snoozers. Quit being, we don't want to get up. You know how good it feels to be snuggled under that blanket and it's warm and it's cool out in the house and your head's on your favorite pillow. and Man, you can just stay there. You're dreaming some dream you really liked and you reach over and you slap that snooze button. My question before I go to sleep at night is this question. I roll over to Mary and I say, did you set the alarm? 
Because then I can know that I can sleep solid through the night and not worry about making sure I get up on time. And I'm going to get those two or three snoozes that we do every morning before we get out of bed. Are you like that? Are you a person who has to set that alarm and, and you love that? that I mean, snoozing's not very long, but we just have to have that snooze. And we just can't get out of bed because we have to have our snooze. We want to enjoy our own little cocoon that we've made for ourselves. We want to stay wrapped up in who we are and, and where we are and just enjoy that peace and that quiet and the comfort of our own bed. Paul says it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to quit hitting the snooze button. It's time the alarms are going off in our lives and we need to wake up. We need to wake up and celebrate the Christ who is within us. Is that how you start every morning? Get up every morning and you, the alarm, you beat the alarm up. You, beat, you get out of bed before the alarm goes off, so you just turn it off. All of you like that? And you, don't, you say, I'm not snoozing today, I'm getting up. And you get ready and you look in the day and you look in the mirror and you say, watch out world, here I am. Is that how we start our days? It's more like we hit the snooze button three, maybe four times. Sometimes we look in the mirror and go, golly, COVID-30. You know, forget COVID-19. I've eaten so much during COVID. I've got COVID-30, right? And you start to realize your clothes are tighter than they used to be. And you start to criticize the way you look. And maybe your hair's not perfect or your makeup's not on right. And, and you judge yourself against everything there is to judge yourself against. That's not what God wants from us. Paul's saying today is the day that we need to get up. Today is the day that we need to engage the Christ fully. Today is the day we need to understand that love is the fulfillment of the law. You know, when Moses went up on that mountain to visit God and had the experience with the burning bush and God handed him the tablets, carved them in stone, and he took them back down to the people he was not taking a law that was to be judgmental. What he was taking was a portrait of what love looks like. Because if you love someone, will you steal from them? If you love someone, will you kill them? If you love someone, will you sleep with their spouse? If you love someone, will you break your covenant of marriage? If you love someone... Will you treat them horribly? Will you disrespect your mother and your father if you love them? See, when God gave that to Moses, it was never intended to be used like the Jewish people used it and like we use it. It's a checklist to see who can be more righteous than the other, right? We always want to check it off. Oh, kept that one. Ooh, might have broke that one. How many of you have never coveted in your life? Just coming home this, from Amarillo this weekend, there was a guy passed me with a bass boat on. Broke that one. Right? I wish he'd have a flat and I could take his boat. Right? I mean, we do it all the time. We get out of bed in the morning and we break every commandment because we deny the creation that God's made in us. We kill ourselves because we're not pretty enough. We're not smart enough. We're not tall enough. We're not short enough. We're not fast enough. Right? We don't make enough money. We don't live in the biggest house. I mean, how do we qualify ourselves? And then when we do that to ourselves, it leads us into these worlds of destruction that we live in. I mean, everything looks good on the outside, right? We have a job. We do things right. We wear the right clothes. We do all that stuff. But we don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves. And the beginning of relationship with God begins with you loving you. 
Did you know that? All the commandments can be summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor. Boy, we focus on that. Who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? You know how many sermons I've heard, how many I've preached on who my neighbor is? But we need to finish that commandment. That commandment says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. So when you get up in the morning and you snooze, number one, and then you get out and you look in the mirror and you think, eh, what were you thinking, God? Why'd you make me like this? My friends are going to make fun of me. Somebody's going to say something to me. Why, why, did I marry, why did I marry her? Why'd you give me him? You know, we, we have all those questions and we just kill ourselves. We break the commandment of love. God says we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Well, it begins with you and me. Do you love yourself? Or are you critical of yourself? Do you love yourself? Or are you critical of yourself? Do you wish you looked like somebody else? Do you wish you had somebody else's gifts? Do you wish you had somebody else's spouse? Do you wish you lived in somebody else's house? Do you wish you had somebody else's job or drove somebody else's car, somebody else's kids? What is it you wish for? Why don't you love you? Genesis 1, 27. God created humankind in God's own image. God created them. Think about that. Why wouldn't God's self love God's self? Why don't we? How can we possibly bring peace in this world and love our neighbors if we don't love who we are? And we're all unique. That's how diverse our God is. Our skin color is different. Our personalities are different. Our talents are different. Our gifts are different. The people we influence in this world are different. And God needs that from us. Because our God is so diverse, God made us in God's image. So if God loves us, why can't we love us? Thomas Merton says this. If I am created in the image of God, then the purpose for my creation is love. Love is my character. Selflessness is my nature. Love is my name. Thomas Merton said that. A man who spent many, 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 many years discerning who God was and who God was in his life said that really we are love. And that if love is our name, then we need to live into that name. If love is our purpose, then we need to live into that purpose. And love is expressed through selflessness. One time I was in a class in seminary, and seminary was a rough go for me. I would get up on Monday mornings at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would drive five hours to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I would go to class for eight hours. And then I would turn around and I would drive back to where I lived five hours and get home at two or three in the morning. And then I would get up at nine o'clock in the morning and be at work on Tuesdays. I did that for four years so that I could get my degree. 
and I was running. My brother had a stroke during the time. My brother actually died during that time. I was pastoring a, a fairly large church during that time. Had a multiple staff to take care of. But every week I headed off to Tulsa. I had a wife and three, I still have a wife. <laughs> I had a wife and three kids that I had to tend to. And I was in a pastoral care class once and the instructor said, Barry, tell me your normal schedule in a week. And I just went to laying it out. And he said, how do you feel about that? And I said, man, I feel like sometimes I'm just not good enough. I feel like I can't do it all. And he said these words to me, and they're words you and I need to hear. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a break. God doesn't expect perfection from you. God just expects you to love who you are and be who it is he created you to be. You don't have to be perfect. It's okay if your hair doesn't lay down straight. It's okay if your body's not the shape you want it to be. It's okay if you're not who your mom and dad think you should have been. It's okay if you're different than everybody else. If your skin color is different. If your personality is different. If you struggle with different things. It's okay. And when he told me that I needed to give myself a break, I had to step back. And he asked me, he says, when are you going to stop and take care of you? When are you going to stop and take care of you? I mean, I was running, pastoring a church, being a dad, being a father. I didn't have time to grieve my brother's loss. I didn't have time to deal with my interpersonal problems. And you know what happens when you do that? The commandments come up. And you begin to live in darkness. And you continue to hit the snooze button because you don't want to get up. You don't want to face what tomorrow holds. You don't want to face the consequences of your actions. Because you're running on empty. When you're trying to live up to the expectations of the world, when you're trying to live up what everybody thinks you ought to be, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, business, boss, all those people, your friends, you're going to run empty. And you're not going to wear the armor of light. And you're not going to be able to love anybody else because you can't love yourself. Now, granted, there are some people in this world who have been beat up so bad by the people that raised them and were supposed to love them that they struggle to love themselves. There's help for people like that. But for us average Joes, we need to come to terms with ourselves. We need to look at ourselves in the mirror, not in a critical way, but we need to look with the eyes of Jesus. And I don't mean that as overglowing, everything's pearly white and beautiful. I mean, let's honestly look at ourselves and think that we are a creation of God. When you look in that mirror, when you get up out of bed finally and you look in the mirror, you look in that mirror and you say, I am an image of God. Do you say that? Or do you say Man, look at that gray. I'm getting a little, what about that wrinkle right there? Right? I could use some Botox here or Botox there. You know, I, I listened to two ladies talk the other day, and they were talking about where they were going to put their Botox. I didn't listen very long. <laughs> but you look in the mirror, and in that mirror is God. People want to see the face of God. Look in the mirror. If you want to see the face of God, look in the mirror. 
You were born, created, and made in the image of God. And you have one purpose on life. Love it. Love it. There's nobody else. Nobody. Just like you. Do you know that? There is nobody. I don't care if you're an identical twin. There's nobody just like you. And God made you that way. And God made you that way for a reason. You want to know what the reason is? So you can take that love of God that you find in loving yourself and give it to others. And give it to others. It's not an egotistical love. It's not a love that says, ha, I haven't murdered anybody, haven't killed anybody, haven't had adultery with anybody. I, I'm, I'm good. Look at me. I'm the image of God. It's a person who says, you know what? God made me. And I live a life that is completely imperfect. But I have a God who knows me. And God wants nothing more for me than to reflect that goodness to you. Right? What if we did that? In this day when we want to judge everybody by everything, this oversensitive, hyped world is driving me nuts. Everybody is offended by everything. We're unique. We're different. Just think if all of our skin color was the same. How ugly would that be? Honestly, if we all had the same hairstyle. I mean, I'm kind of in love with the 70s hairstyles, but, you know, we don't wear them anymore. That, you know that style where you grow your hair out and you put the bowl on your head and you cut around the bowl? Right? But no, we have to all try to fit in. We can't appreciate the difference that God made in us. Because loving our neighbor is about seeing the God in our neighbor. But you can't see the God in your neighbor if you can't see the God in yourself. Paul said, wake up. Wake up. Quit hitting the snooze button. Get out of that bed. Because the day of salvation is nearer now than it used to be. We're in the year 2020. And you don't know how many people have called me and told me about hurricanes and things that are happening and things they read into the Bible and how they're predicting the God's coming. God's I mean, I have heard that more this year than I have heard in all of my ministry time. And I and I was pastoring during the millennium. And, I mean, I've heard it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't know who God is. And knowing who God is first begins with knowing who you are. And if you're going to know who you are in God, then you have to quit hitting the snooze button in your spiritual life and you've got to get out of bed. And you've got to stand up and there's one thing you do when you stand up. Put on. Put on the armor of light. There's nothing greater in my memory than watching my son play with Marvel superheroes. I don't know how many Spider-Man outfits we had. Some of them with the big beefy muscles on them, you know, and some of them were just the silk Halloween costume. 
We lived in the log home when he was little, and I would catch him trying to walk up the stairs and the log wall at the same time. You know, he, he wanted to be Spider-Man more than anything. And then when we went into athletics, guess what position he played in baseball? He played catcher. You know why? He got to put on the gear. He got to put on the costume. He got to put on the helmet. And he got to be involved in every play that happened on the field. And he grew to be a great catcher. We're people of God. We don't have to put on an imitation. We don't have to put on some kind of special uniform that, that doesn't represent God. We have to put on one thing. The armor of light. The armor of light. And the reason that Paul calls it armor is because it protects us from the darkness. And it radiates light to the others. If we have a relationship with God and we've received God's grace, God places an armor of light on us that protects us from the darkness. All we have to do is call on the name of Jesus and those temptations will go away. God will direct us in another direction. God will divert our eyes. God will seal our mouths. God will stop our actions if we ask God to step in the way because we have on the armor of light. And then we'll be able to shine. We'll be able to shine the light. I remember when my son made varsity as a, as a uh, sophomore in high school and he was catcher and his team color was black and gold, Las Vegas gold. And I could not wait could not wait as a dad to buy him a new set of catcher's equipment. And it was black and gold. And when he walked onto the field, everybody knew my boy was catching. He didn't wear just all black like all the other catchers. He had black and gold on, and it showed all the way across the field. I could pick him out in a heartbeat. I knew who he was. I could look across that field, and if I saw black and gold, that was my boy. Do you know that's what God does? When you put on the armor of light, God said, yeah, there you see it. That's him. Watch him shine. Watch. Watch him shine. He's going to love others because he loves who he is. He's willing, she's willing to put on the armor of light and she's willing to shine. She's willing to sit on a stool up here in front of people she doesn't even know and she's willing to sing a song about being a nobody so that everybody in the world can know who Jesus is. That's putting on the armor of light, putting yourself away so you don't live in the darkness and putting on an armor of light so that others know who God is. The greatest gift God's given us is that God created us in love. And all we have to do is love ourselves and love others. This day, are you going to hit the snooze button? Or are you going to get up and put on the armor of light? Amen.